0: Um, And I'll reiterate it because it's so important, it is crucial to have an attorney working on your loved one's case when your loved one bonds out of jail because from the point where your loved one bonds out of jail to the point where they reappear in court, it might be six months or nine months or a year in between the time your loved one binds out and the loved one has to go to court. And although your loved one says, oh, I didn't realize that that case was still going on. Of course it's going on. Where is it going? Only thing that's happened is you paid a little bit of money so that you didn't have to wait in jail uh, for for uh, your turn to see the judge. That's all that happened. You, you didn't have to sit in jail for a year or more waiting for your case to come up, but the case didn't go away. You didn't receive any notice that it went away. It's not going away. Uh, Typically cases don't go away unless there's an attorney working on it pointing out to the prosecutor or the investigators uh, why the investigation is faulty or, or why they have a, a misunderstanding of the evidence. Cases don't just go away. Um, but during that time, 6, nine, twelve 12 months when you bond out um, prior to your actually um, appearing in court, I call that the basting period, like the, some of the folks that could they understand what I'm talking about. Uh, you're basically, If you're out of jail, uh, it doesn't feel like basting. If you're in jail, it definitely feels like basting. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about preliminary hearings that normally occur between seven and 10 days, but if in fact uh, you've had a preliminary hearing and you've had a bond hearing, uh, you can't make bond or your bond has been denied, uh, you're sitting in jail, uh, your lawyer's had the first little inkling of what the facts are and you're just sitting around waiting to get uh, indicted by a grand jury that all you're doing is based in There's no information on the case, there's no new information, you don't know what's going on in the case, the lawyer doesn't have a right to file any motions because you haven't been indicted. You're just sitting around waiting. Uh, but if you're out, we're talking about primarily if you're out, if you're out on bond, you uh, Six, nine, twelve months. Your attorney's not working on the case. Valuable evidence is being lost. Witnesses are relocating. Witnesses' memories are going away. Video tape is being lost. Um, look at it this way, and I've seen it happen a number of times. Anytime you're talking about video that's coming out of a gas station or video that's coming out of a CBS, uh, those places have a tendency to record over their video. Uh, every seven to thirty days so if it's been three or four months since your loved one uh was charged with a particular offense and he believes oh the video from the cbs or the video from the uh, gas station will show that i was at the gas station it will not show that six months from now because they record over that video every seven days they don't know anything about your son's case um, Especially if the crime happens in one part of town and your son says he was in another part of town buying a snicker bar. The person that sold him a snicker bar doesn't know anything about anything. At the end of that week, he pops that same tape in and that, that tape uh, begins to record over the very thing that your son needs uh, to prove to prove his innocence. Witnesses relocate, evidence is lost, and that's why your attorney needs to be working on the case, uh, even if, in fact, uh, uh, your loved one needs to bar. Let's go with the example of your loved one does not make a bond. That's a particularly if your loved one doesn't have a bond. That's a particularly uncomfortable situation for a lot of people. Uh, there is no bond set, and there are a number of reasons that a bond might not be set. Uh, there may be a, a an ice hold, an immigration, customs enforcement hold, because the person is not a United States citizen. Generally. Although those are two separate matters, the crime and the fact that the person is illegal, many judges won't set a bond if they already know that the person has a hold from immigration and customs enforcement. The nature of the offense, if your loved one is charged with something very serious, if they're charged with murder, armed robbery, child molestation, aggravated child molestation, trafficking in cocaine, for for bringing in uh, 400 kilos of drugs, then your loved one is probably not going to uh, be set in a bond uh, prior, to the, uh, prior, to magist- prior to the first court appearance in front of the judge uh, with his attorney standing next to him. If, the, if your loved one has an open probation or open parole, they're probably not going to have a bond set until they actually get in front of the judge. If your loved one has a prior offense for escape, uh, or anything that would indicate that they are unlikely to return to court, then they ultimately may not have a bond. If your loved one goes in under a fake name and they realize when they run your loved one's fingerprints that they have two or three or four false names, they're probably not gonna be set a bond until they really figure out who they are because they might think that they're flightless. If there's no bond set, what will what will happen within seven to 10 days of their arrest, there will be a preliminary hearing. Uh, that hearing is super important uh, for a number of reasons not everybody agrees on this i think that those hearings are super important at the preliminary hearing your lawyer uh, whether you have a retained lawyer or court appointed lawyer your lawyer will appear with your son uh, or daughter or other loved one and they will listen to the evidence now I say they will listen to the evidence, but, but at the preliminary hearing, the lawyer is in a position to negotiate a bond for your lover. That's important. Many times at the preliminary hearings, I see other lawyers who will negotiate a bond. For example, it's a burglary charge, the person arrested has no bond. The lawyer comes in, has a conversation with the prosecutor. The prosecutor agrees to a $7,500 bond. The person then agrees to waive the hearing in exchange for the $7,500 bond. Uh, I've been a criminal defense attorney for over 10 years. I have waived maybe 2 out of 10,000 preliminary hearings. I do not waive preliminary hearings. Number one. If, in fact, the prosecutor is agreeable to a bond, then you probably will be able to get the judge to agree to a bond also. So there's no reason for me to waive the hearing. There's no reason for me to forego listening to the evidence in the case in exchange for a bond from the prosecutor when I'm just as likely to get that bond from the judge anyway. Uh, at the preliminary hearing, which is also called a probable cause hearing, also called a commitment hearing, so all the same thing, the the detective who took the warrant or somebody else who's very knowledgeable about the case, typically not the victims of the case, will come to court, get on the stand, raise their right hand, and swear to tell the truth. Then they will recount why they took a warrant against the, the person who is uh, sitting there, the person who ultimately the defendant, but for for our purposes, your loved one. They will recount what they did in the case. They will recount where the offense occurred, what time it occurred. Uh, If your loved one made any statement, if that statement was recorded, they'll provide you with a great deal of evidence. What's the difference between you talking to the investigator on the telephone and the investigator providing testimony at the preliminary hearing? Well, first of all, the investigator is permitted to lie to you when in fact you call him at his or her office. There's generally two types of investigators that are going to talk to the panic-stricken mothers of individuals that have been arrested. The investigator who's inexperienced and in trying to console you, trying to assure you that you're not a bad mother because your loved one's been arrested, inexperienced because after a little while they realize this is not what they're being paid for, and the experience Uh, investigator who is talking to you because he is trying to get information from you to ultimately make his case better against your loved one. So I don't trust anything that investigators are really telling me um, unless I know the investigator, I've had a long history with the investigator, uh, unless they're on the witness stand. When they raise their right hand and they swear to tell the truth, that's when I'm paying strict attention to what they're saying. Seven to ten days after your loved one is arrested, they're going to have a preliminary hearing. At that preliminary hearing, the officer's going to offer some testimony about why they took the warrant, and then uh, your lawyer will be able to ask questions of that, uh, your lawyer will be able to ask questions of the the investigator and find out from the investigator um, what, what why the investigator took the warrant, uh, why the investigator didn't arrest somebody else, why the investigator didn't do X, Y, and Z. Um, and when your attorney is finished with the case, your attorney should have a good sense of what is going on with the case and where the case is headed. Um, prior, to, prior to the preliminary hearing, um, the, the problem, that most uh, defense attorneys face is the fear and the panic that uh, the loved ones who are outside of jail feel concerning uh, the arrest of their loved one who's in jail. Uh, The fear and the panic normally drive you uh, to a feeling of, I have to do something. Resist trying to do something. Resist the temptation to do something. There's a million ways to mess up the case. Number one, do not talk to your loved one on the telephone uh, when your loved one is locked up in jail because those phone calls are recorded and they can use that against your loved one. Many of case cases have has been destroyed by admissions that my client has made while calling his mama to explain what was on. Um, Stop talking to the investigator. As I just told you, most of them are trying to unwillingly get you to admit certain things or at least place your son at certain places at certain times. You don't know what they know. They're not going to share what they know. Stop talking to them. Stop him. calling his friends. His friends are not going to tell you the truth. His friends are not going to tell you that he was smoking dope all night and he was hanging out and they saw him with a gun. They're not going to tell you the truth. So stop calling his friends. If you're going to talk to anybody, if you're going to do anything, go and retain your attorney. Find a trusted person that you know who works in, in the uh, court system, court reporter, deputy, probation officer, uh, judge, judge staff. See if they will recommend somebody. If you don't know anybody, go up to the courthouse uh, during business hours and ask them, tell them what the charges are that your loved one is facing and ask them for five the names of five attorneys and stop somebody else and you'll see the same two or three names will keep popping up. When those two or three names pop up, schedule a meeting with those with those particular attorneys. Sit down with those attorneys and try to figure out exactly how Something. they The most important thing, do not... Be tempted by your fear or your panic to do something that ultimately might hurt your son or daughter's case. If there is a bond, try to make a property bond. If there's not a property bond, get an attorney to try to get the bond as low as possible, so it'll be as little money to you, as little money outlayed as possible. Uh, if, in fact, your loved one does have uh, a bond, you can bond them out, bond them out, but go get an attorney so that they can work on the case so that crucial evidence is not lost. If, in fact, your loved one doesn't have a bond, sit back, breathe, meet with an attorney. Hire the attorney that can be ready within seven to ten days of your loved one's arrest for the preliminary hearing, so that your so that your loved one is properly represented and the experienced lawyer can ask the right questions to uh, to get a great sense of what's going on in the case. Um, you'll see me in some future podcasts. Until that time, I wish you the best of luck. For more information, please visit lawrencelewispc.com.